Hey y'all, the following podcast is a Georgia Cyber Center production. Thanks for tuning in. Things are about to get wild. Augusta University presents In the Wild, the podcast for all things Augusta University and everything else. Here's your host, Rayshon Ricks.
Is your creativity blocked when it comes to writing? Do you need some tips on certain writing styles? Then the Writing Center at Augusta University is for you. They offer free one-on-one virtual consultations. This amazing service is available to all students, faculty, and staff. An appointment is required, so don't wait and make yours today at aug.mywconline.com. And joining me virtually, we have a super, super special guest. He is a double alum of Augusta University, and he's currently living it up in California. And he's here to talk to us a little bit about his journey and how he got literally across the country. So give a warm welcome to Dr. Kojo Sarfo. How's it going? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And I got so many questions. This is probably like the quickest interview I've ever had to like write up questions for because as soon as you uh-huh. said yes I was like I know exactly what I want to ask him and yeah. here, like here just it was so easy so just to get us started tell us a little bit about your journey with Augusta University and what it was like for you to be a Jaguar okay so uh, I came you know to Augusta 2014 I took a job at um, uh, the state hospital there locally and uh, I did some research on what I wanted to do in terms of pursuing my uh, education. And at that time, I had just got my bachelor's, right, BSN, Bachelor of Science in Nursing. And I heard about, you know, this unique terminal degree called the, the DMP degree, where you could go to school uh, and get your NP, you know, nurse practitioner, and then you, you can go to school essentially for a year longer and get your doctorate, you know. So I learned about the DMP program, and I applied, and I started um, in the fall of 2016, and I uh, graduated May 2019, and uh, it, it was it was a really, you know, it went it went by fast. Now that I look back at it, but I had a a good time, you know, in, in school. You know, being a Jaguar, a lot of you know, Jaguar pride. I'm very thankful to Augusta University, you know, for all of the opportunities and everything that I learned along the way. You know, I was a part of a, a grant program that was government funded that helped pay for the majority of my tuition. In grad school, uh, and, uh, and I, we got to go to rural areas and learn more about people with anxiety disorders. I got to do rotations with fantastic um, clinicians and psychiatrists. Uh, and then at the same time, I got to teach. You know, I got to teach nursing students for about two and a half years uh, and take them uh, on clinical rotations to the different hospitals in Augusta. Uh, and then we would do simulations at um, uh, the health sciences uh, campus downtown. So I had a I had a good run in Augusta and. Uh, you know, it, it was it's something that I'm always going to look back and, and be very grateful for. You know, I think Augusta University has the number one DMP program in, in the nation. That's my opinion. Um, you know, but all of the instructors there wanted me to win. Um, and I felt comfortable, you know, speaking up about issues that I had. And, uh, you know, I, I made, uh, you know, a lot of good friends in Augusta that I'm still friends with today, like you. And, you know, obviously my um my father graduated from AU. My sister graduated from AU as well. So uh, I'll, I'll always like have a, a special place, you know, in my heart for Augusta, Georgia, and AU. What was it about healthcare and specifically uh, mental health that interests you and wanted and made you want to pursue that? All right. So you know, I was the type of kid back in high school. Like I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no idea. Um, so it was more so just kind of trying things and finding my way. And I keep telling people that all the time. I'm like, you know what? Objects in motion are 
easier to move along than when you're just sitting there by yourself, which just means that get up and start doing things. And as you do things, you'll kind of figure out what you want to do. So um, my dad recommended me to try a nursing program. I tried that. I got my degree from the University of West Alabama, the associates, and I got my bachelor's. And then, um, you know, I was working in Macon, and then my dad suggested that I come back to Augusta and try working at the, the mental health hospital. Uh, and it was such a unique opportunity. Like, I'm like, mental health, psych, it's kind of weird, but I'm like, I might as well give it a shot. It was one of those might as well things. I was, what, like 21 when I first started working in, in mental health. So, like, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And initially, uh, after working there for like a month and a half, I wanted to quit. Uh, but <laughs> the longer I stayed, yeah, the longer I stayed, I um, I figured out the patients were just like you and me, but they had had, you know, a couple of issues, maybe coping with something, or maybe they had bumped and hit their head and had a traumatic brain injury. Or there's so many things that brought them to us as, as patients. So the more I, you know, stay in that environment, I'm like, you know what, this is something that we don't talk about and it affects everybody. So that that's what made me more curious about it. Uh, and it made me want to go back and pursue my doctors and, and figure out how it can be like a bigger uh, advocate. And the more I learn about, you know, things professionally, the more I'm able to implement things for myself personally. You know, like I'll see somebody who maybe they didn't take care of themselves or they were able to advocate for their own mental health. And I see the end result. So, you know, I tell myself, oh, wow, I need to start speaking up about my issues. I need to start being proactive. I need to start sleeping better, eating better doing things that raise my confidence uh, and, and boost my spirit. So it's been uh, interesting to, you know, take on that path, even for myself, like as an individual. Gotcha. And that's awesome that you had that experience by just trying things and kind of just letting your interests kind of guide you in that sense. And considering that a lot of our students are interested in being in healthcare in some capacity, what were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome while you were here that you think a lot of students would probably uh, face as well? Uh, you know, well, at least for me, speaking on the grad school side of things, at this point in my life, I was working, you know. Um, I wasn't working full-time, but I was working almost full-time hours. I was, you know, like uh, bunching up all the hours, like on the weekends. And, uh, you know, of course, I was in a relationship. I had, you know, family members that I was looking after helping out with my grandma, my parents. So I had so many things to juggle uh, that it wasn't just like school anymore. And, you know, I think a lot of students, especially at the grad school level, even in undergrad, they struggle with adjusting, you know, and having to balance all these things. It can be very difficult. Like let's say you, you moved away from home and you're at AU or you're in college for the first time and you have to balance all, all these things for the first time in your life. It can be very difficult to keep everything in order. So that's something that I had to deal with. And um, uh, one thing that I did do that was helpful, I applied to as many scholarships and grants as possible. You know, like there were times when I'd be tired. And you know, like when you're at the end of the day, it's 8, 9, 11, 10, and you're just tired. Sometimes I remember I applied to one scholarship that I got, like I wrote it on paper and then I submitted it. You're supposed to type it in. My dad was like, you should have typed it, but I was just so tired. I'm like, I just need to just get it done. Um, but applying for financial assistance, and, of course, I took out loans as well because, uh, you know, I wasn't working as much. So I did take out some loans, which, you know, I'll have to pay back. But uh, I believe that, you know, if you research, you know, your field and you feel confident that you will make the money back, uh, loans might be, you know, the way to go. And, and my parents wouldn't be able to afford to pay all that money to send me to school. So I was happy. I'm, I'm grateful that I had the chance to take out the loans to get the education. I wish that's probably one of my regrets when I look back at my college career is not 
working hard to get more financial assistance because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I'll just work or I'll just figure it out, take out a loan, do whatever I got to do. And just like that was just wasn't right. on the forefront of my mind. And I didn't know that right. as a still as an undergrad, like there's still opportunities for me. Like you don't have to be an incoming freshman to just like apply for financial aid or additional financial aid. So that was something that I really right. missed out on. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you don't think about it until like after the fact, you know, and like, I didn't think about it like, you know, in the moment, but I just knew, okay, scholarships, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I never received scholarship before. So I'm like, apparently some people are here winning these scholarships and getting this free money. But it's just never been me. So I was like, I might as well. Um, but, like, that wasn't my part. I was fully okay with just taking down loans. So it's something that your your future self will thank your current self for if you're in, you know, college, applying for scholarships and grants. So thank yourself for it on the back end after you realize, oh, I saved this much money. Or once you're making money and you're working, you realize the value of a dollar. And you see that, you know, it's a whole different world once you're out in the real world. Absolutely, because once once you start working full time, it ain't no joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As well. Um, so, what would you say are some like misconceptions of the work that you do? Because I feel like there's so much uh, stigma that still goes on with mental health care providers. So, what are some things right. that you commonly see that you would like to clear up? Great question. That's a fantastic question. So, uh, I think first of all, you know. The, even the degree I have is a rather unique degree. You know, it's a doctor's degree. Um, it's not medical doctor's uh, So it's a doctor of nursing practice. So, you know, when it comes to psychiatry specifically, you have, in my in my knowledge, you have three types of clinicians that can do psychiatry. Obviously, you have a psychiatrist, which is the most traditional path. Then you have PAs, you know, the physician assistant route. Um, and then you have, you know, nurse practitioners, NPs. And normally it was always a master's degree. But now they've come up with a DMP degree, which is rather new. And AU is one of the the pioneer pioneer uh, DMP programs in the country, if I'm um, I'm correct on that. Uh, I do believe that they are. Uh, but with the DMP degree, you know, you take the nursing path into psychiatry. So it's similar to like a psychiatrist, but they go to the medical school path. You take the nursing school path, and you go all the way up to get your doctorate, and you have to do a a doctoral product on something. I did mine on substance abuse and how to help people with substance use disorders. Uh, and then you start practicing as a clinician, right? Um, providing, you know, psychiatric services, psychotherapy, uh, referring people out um, for things like genetic testing if they need it. So uh, as a clinician, you know, who primarily prescribes medications and does therapy as well, I think the thing that people, one of the misconceptions is that people feel like if you get a diagnosis, it'll make you, like, people equate having a diagnosis to being crazy, you know, because a lot of times mm. people hear a, a word like bipolar and you're like, oh, wow, this person's crazy or whatever. But for a lot of people, once they get that diagnosis, it's actually liberating because people have been living their whole lives with, like, you know, certain things where they've had to compensate. For example, right now on TikTok, I'm talking a lot about ADHD, and people are, like, eating those videos up because, you know, if you're an adult and you were diagnosed with ADHD, then, you know, more than likely, or I believe that you would have had the, these impairments like as a child, but you compensated for it by having to spend extra time doing certain things or you were late or you were, you know, blurting out answers in class or like you couldn't sit still. Like you had to compensate for these things in some shape or form. Um, so when you go through life and you can't put a name on it, and then, you know, people are like, oh, why are you so loud? Why are you so inattentive? Like, why are you not focused? Like, you might take that 
as like a, a shot at yourself. It can tear away at your self-esteem. So for a lot of people, once they get that diagnosis, I've talked to a lot of people who, once they get the diagnosis, they start to cry. You know, they're actually relieved. They're like, wow, whether it's ADHD or depression, about they're relieved because they can finally put a name on what's going on. And then once you do that, then you're that much closer to the solution. And then once you're on the other side, like you have the diagnosis, then you can be in control of, let's say, ADHD versus the thing being in control of you. Because when you don't know, you're just kind of living and just kind of adapting to the best of your abilities. But once you know, you can take charge over your situation. So um, I think for people who are scared to go out and, and get the help, uh, you know, if you do feel like you need to get the help and you do get the help, on the other side, like, you have this sort of freedom. Like, you can live your life. You know, you don't. You no longer have to, like, you know, compass. Well, you, you have to adjust, you know, and, and make the best of every single day. But you no longer have to live life and think, oh, wow, I'm, I'm dumb because I can't get this done. Like, you know, that there's something going on with your executive functioning and that there's help. And once you to get the help, you can be more in charge of your, you know, your situation. So I think that's probably one misconception that people have that, you know, getting a diagnosis will make you feel like wilder or crazy. Like, I think it's actually liberating. That's my opinion. That's interesting because I never thought of how uh, liberating that might be for the patient who has, like you mentioned, had all of these symptoms or uh, traits and they were never able to figure out why. So, yeah, that's that's right. really interesting. Uh, but switching gears a little bit, you are living in one of the most famous states in the world right now. Um, so tell us right. what it's been like uh, living in uh, California, across the country. It, it's been a big blessing. You know, I think when I first came here, honestly, I had a honeymoon period where um, I came out here. The weather was great, and you know, I had quit my job in Virginia, and uh, I wasn't working um, up until like three weeks ago. I just took on a recent contract where I'm uh, seeing patients at, at a jail telesite. So through like you know my computer, I'm seeing them, prescribing their medications, and things like that. But before that, I was just, you know, making TikTok videos and just kind of, like, going to the beach. And it was just so weird because I was just kind of, like, like, I would walk outside and the, the weather would be so nice. And um, I'm like, wow, I'm in California now. Or, like, I will drive around the airport or I would go to, you know, San Monica Beach, Venice Beach. I'm like, wow, this is L.A. Like, you know, people want to come here, like, for vacation. But, like, I live, like, here. Uh, and it's been, it's, you know, after the honeymoon period, I'm like, okay, it's time to get to work. Uh, but the thing I do appreciate about living in California and specifically Southern California is I'm not used to this type of, like, people are kind of, like, relaxed out here. I'm not used to that, you know, because coming from, you know, a family where we didn't have a lot growing up, it was always on the go, 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 go to school, go to school, get degrees, make money, make money. Uh, so, you know, I would say for the first, like, month or two being out here, I finally got the chance to kind of rest. Um, so I've learned the importance of resting and just taking time for yourself and just going to like certain places. Of course, COVID still in, in effect, but, you know, going out to like a beach and socially distancing, but just, you know, enjoying the the area and, and, and the weather and making connections. Um, it, it's been very, it's, it's been a, a very new experience for me. I, I'm not used to this. I'm used to, you know, how things are in Augusta. You know, everybody knows what, what goes on in Augusta, Washington Road and Walton Way. It's just very like, kind of you, you get nothing wrong with Augusta but you might like go through the motions you know and for me I knew that I needed a, a bigger challenge and I had always told myself I'm gonna move to LA I'm gonna move to LA um but I was more so waiting for the confidence to get up and do it uh, and I realized that in life there's no right time for nothing um you have to go out and just do it and then make that the right time and make it the right decision so that's what I've done and 
Um, I'm very grateful to be out here. I feel very extremely fortunate to live out here where everybody wants to come to and the weather is great. Like the weather is like the sun's shining on me right now. Like I just, it's just another reason to be grateful. So, you know, I'm loving it. I'm so glad that it's working out for you. I went before the pandemic, I went to LA for a few days and I can attest to the weather 100% because that was so like refreshing to me because you know, it's so like humid here or, you know, just Augusta is just super hot all the time. And like to have that just like 70 degree weather was just like mm-hmm. very new to me. Cause I was like, it's really pleasant. And I can see why people are always outside, always wanting to go to the beach and just doing all these outdoor stuff because the weather is like perfect here. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a blessing, you know, like I was always like, I would never live in California and pay two, three times the amount of rent to, to live here. And after being here, I'm like, yeah, I'll pay it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pay it. I'll stay out here. Seeing that you have uh, such a big family, uh, did you find it difficult to move so far away? Oh, yeah. I I completely underestimated how hard it would be to move. Like, I I, I did underestimate how hard. Um, And, you know, I'm very close to my family. My mom, my dad, my siblings were, were very close to each other, so... I think this is the first time that anybody in the family has moved this far away, like California to Georgia, and then everybody's in Georgia and Tennessee. So it's been really difficult, um, you know, and the, there's a time zone difference that I have to take into account, you know. And now, um, you know, when I first came here, it was actually very difficult to have a routine. Like, I believe that routines are how, you know, you build successful habits. Um, and my routine was all over the place. Some days I always wake up at noon because, like, I had nothing to you know, like I was just kind of like all over the place, and I didn't even—I didn't like that actually. It was too much freedom, so I needed a little bit more structure in my life. Uh, and if you wake up at noon, it's already 3 p.m. on the East Coast. People are like winding down from work. I'm just not waking up, you know. And if if it's like 6, 7 p.m. here, people are ready to go to sleep. So uh, it, that was difficult, you know. But my family—the the one thing that I will say, which is helpful for me, is. You know, being in Los Angeles, like it's a major city, so you have an airport here, you have one airport here, you have one in Burbank, you have another one in Orange County. Um, so I can fly directly from here to Atlanta or from here to Nashville, and it'll be like a four or five hour flight. Whereas if I'm driving from, from Virginia, it's like a six hour drive. Mm. And in Virginia, out in uh, the Newport News, the Williamsburg area, which is hard to find direct flight to Augusta or to Nashville. You know, so I'll have to connect anyway. So in my mind, I'm like, if I'm flying home from Virginia to Georgia or Tennessee, it would take like four or five hours. If I'm flying home from California, it'll take four or five hours. So I try and look at it like that. Um, luckily, I'm in uh, a city where I can just hop on a plane uh, and get home quickly if I if I need to. So I do feel good about that. Yeah, that's a pretty good perspective to have for timing because I'm a person that hates driving. So if I had to <laughs> choose between driving and hopping on a plane, I would hop on a plane like in a heartbeat. But tell us a little bit about your uh, TikTok and just, like, in general, social media success, because I feel like in the past year or so, like, you've really popped off on uh, social media. Yeah, I I appreciate it. And, you know, with the the social media thing, it's just more so grinding. Like, you remember when I was out there in in Augusta, we were doing A&S, the clothing company, um, and I was posting on Instagram. I was posting on Facebook. At one, one time, I was paying um um for instagram ads to to get my my content across and 
Um, at times, I was probably burning myself out trying to keep up with social media and in school and all these different things. Uh, you know, but then TikTok came along and you know the pandemic hit, and you know I nearly deleted TikTok when I first downloaded <laughs> it because it was so weird. Like I got in there, I tried to promote my book, and I realized that like people don't want to be sold anything. You know, like you can't hop on the app; nobody knows you know who you are. And you're like, hey, I have this book, buy it now. Nah. You know, so I posted one TikTok in like October of 2019 and flopped. I was in Detroit um, at a book signing for my book, and it just kind of flopped. And I stayed off the app for like a month and a half, but then I was bored, so I would go through it. And at this time, I was working in Virginia, you know, doing the the whole forensic, <clears throat> the forensic psychiatry thing. And on the weekends, I had like a whole lot of time, you know, and I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just make TikToks. So I, I made like some funny TikToks here and there, and I saw people's reaction to it, and like I went from like three followers to like 10, 15, 30, 50, 200, 300, 400, 1,000. And then once I got to like, I think like 4,000, I'm like, wow, this is really fun. I want to I wanna keep doing this thing. And, you know, people had so many questions about your educational background. What type of doctor are you? Tell me a little, little bit more about mental health. So I would answer these questions and then I would like figure out different like creative ways and little skits and dances or whatever to get the point across. And before you know it, um, February of 2020, I get an email from somebody at TikTok. I thought it was like a spam email, uh, <laughs> but it was um, it was Kudzi. He's uh, one of the um, the big ones at TikTok with partnerships and things like that. And he had an email saying that they were inviting me to like a TikTok um, Black History Month summit. And they're like, hey, we're going to fly you out from wherever in the country to L.A. to be a part of this three-day event. Um, so I took a chance and I put my information in there, hoping that I wouldn't like, you know, have my identity stolen. Um, but before that, like I, I put his name into LinkedIn to make sure he was legit. And he was. <laughs> Smart. And then the next morning, <laughs> the next morning I had an American Airlines flight um, scheduled uh, from uh, Newport News, Virginia to L.A. And uh, they had everything rolled out for us. And then once I got to L.A. last year, February 2020, you know, we got to learn about marketing we got to learn about the power of social media we got to talk to people like tyra banks and they can and terry cruz uh tracy ellis ross and i had never that was the first time in my life that i'd ever been around like that degree of black excellence like you see it on tv or whatever but like I, and, I, and you know i didn't go to hbcu so i'd never seen like so many prominent black figures in one place um and the energy there was just captivating like i felt like I felt the way I'd never felt before. And then at that point, I decided, you know what? I want to do this thing for a living, you know, but I need to figure out a practical way practical way to do it because social media, like, you have to make money off of brand deals and things like that. And it doesn't pay anything close to what my job pays. You know, so, like, at that point, I started scheming. I came back to Virginia. I started scheming on how I can, you know, turn this into a career. And, you know, I couldn't think of any, like, tangible way to do it other than posting online. So I just kept posting online and, you know, I went from, I had like 30,000 followers when I went to L.A. last year. Uh, and then before I know, 100,000, 200, 300, 400. I think now I'm at like 800-something. And I think the reason, why, one of the reasons why I think people have gravitated towards my content is because, you know, I post the content out there, but I think there's a degree of authenticity which was lacking in mental health, you know, because people will go in to get seen by their favorite shrink or whatever, and they would give you meds or give you therapy and you know it's the whole typical you sit on the couch like how are you feeling <laughs> no all that bs 
And I think I came in, you know, of course, being a, a black man, I think it helps in the sense that you stand out. You know, so it doesn't mean that people will follow you, but it means that you stand out. So people will give you a chance to, to listen to you and see if they want to hear about what you, you know you want to say. So um, just by being my most authentic self, you know, if I don't know something, let me go find information for you. Or just by using dances or music to like lighten the mood and then present the information. I think a lot of people had never seen like mental health information provided in that way before. You know, so I think that's why people, and and now I'm led to believe that people are really seeking that human connection with their providers. You know, it's not there because otherwise they wouldn't have allowed for me to come in this space and blow up. You know, but you know, my goal is I can't do everything. I'm one person, but my goal is to put the content out there and make people more comfortable to go out there and get help. And um, that inspires me to even do more for myself. See people go out and and enjoy my content and and use it to improve their lives. I definitely think your content is super engaging and entertaining and informative. But also, like you mentioned before, I would also agree that it's, it's pretty authentic. And it has a lot a big impact on people. Like, I even saw that Demi Lovato follows you on Instagram, which I thought yeah, was pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> That's cool. And, like, I, I didn't realize until, like, I mean, obviously, I th- she had reposted something of mine. And I woke up one day, and she had sent me, uh, like, a voice message. Um she sent me like a DM, like we're actual friends now. It was, it was weird. She oh, sent wow. me a DM and like, yeah, I'm like, wow, like you know, this is like Disney Channel or <laughs> Nickelodeon, Dem Lovato. Um, yeah, and then like I have like a lot of her fan pages following me, and people are like, oh, you know Dem Lovato, but like at first, like, like it was like really exciting, you know, to have somebody who is also a big mental health advocate, and she talks about her issues as well. Um, but having that, you know, Hollywood co-star, I think it's helpful. Um, and, you know, she's somebody that if I have, like, you know, and being in this space with Hollywood and the industry, there's a lot that I don't know myself, you know. So she was the, she, actually, she was the first person to reach out to me, um, and she told me to take care of myself. You know, I was shocked. Like, I woke up to the voice message. She said, take care of yourself. Like, you know, when you're in this space and you're always advocating for other people, uh, it can be real easy to get, you know, lost up in L.A. or lost up in California and, you know, as somebody who gives so much of yourself to other people, you need to be mindful of taking care of yourself. So well, what better person than her to hear that from? So it was actually pretty cool that, you know, she would reach out and, and send me a message saying that. That's awesome. I bet that feels great, too. What would yeah, you say uh, excites you the most about this chapter of life that you're in? That's such a fantastic question. Wow. I, I don't think I've been asked that too many times, if if ever. The thing that excites me the most about this chapter of my life is the fact that I know that there's something that I have to give to the world, which I haven't given yet, but it's going to help a lot of people. And at the same time, it's going to help myself. You know, so I'm always looking for different ways to, you know, put out good things into the world. And there's so much opportunity right now. Like, you know, I literally wake up and, you know, based off of the emails that I get, like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, when I got the DM from you, I'm like, for sure, I want to hop on this. (laughs) You know, podcast because you never know when people will will get tired of wanting to hear from you. Like you, you can never take your 15 minutes for granted. Like you never know if somebody else will come by and and do it better than you. So the fact that there's so much opportunity, like I really don't know what's gonna happen next. Like you know, I told you I'm working a three month contract. You know, seeing patients at a jail right now. After that, will I renew my contract? I don't know. Will they want to renew my contract? I don't know. Um, will my podcast? pop off i don't know will my child continue to grow like i really don't have the answers and 
you know, with COVID, I've learned to live in a state of uncertainty, um, you know, without it causing me anxiety. Like, I'm, I'm able to let things come into my life as they come, and if they're going to leave, like, I'm okay with it leaving. You know, so there's so much opportunity right now at this point in my life. And, you know, obviously not having kids or having a wife, it gives me the chance to be as selfish as possible in a sense, to really go all in. And I've never really had that chance. Like, it was always like maybe work was holding me back or, you know, being in, in school, that was holding me back, or, you know, uh, or like maybe being around family, thinking that, oh, I need to like give them a ride. And like, you know, I was so kind of fixated on family you know, when I was close to them, but, like, being out here, like, I really have to be self-sufficient, like, you know, and then, like, here in California, you're in L.A., like, this is what you've always wanted, so there's so much opportunity in the air, and there's just no telling what can um, happen, so I'm just, I'm just grateful for the fact that, like, at any moment, my life could change even more, like, I already think that my life has changed, like, everything just really feels surreal, you know, so I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to go all in, um, on myself. That's a fantastic question. I, it really got me thinking. I like that question. Alright, so last question. What advice would you give to students who are about to graduate and close the chapter of college and are feeling apprehensive about what's to come next? So for students who are about to graduate college and you don't know what's going to happen, the thing that I would say is you're not supposed to know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen, right? If if I knew what the future held, I would have gone back and I would have put $1,000 into Dogecoin or, or GameStop, <laughs> right? And we, we have been billionaires. Right. But um, I, you know, but I don't know what's going to happen. And, and when you graduate, there's no telling what will happen. Will you get your dream job? I don't know. Will your college sweetheart propose to you? We, we don't know these things, right? But you can't control something, and that's your mindset. You know, so telling yourself positive things on a daily basis, saying that, or speaking in a tense, like, speak as if you're the person that you want to be already. So, like, like I'll tell myself, okay, Kojo, you're doing a great job. You're impacting Hollywood. You're, you're advocate for millions of people. Like, I mean, I'm not in the industry yet. I'm here, but, like, I'm speaking, like, to my future self, you know, and for people who are graduating, you have to understand that everybody is consumed in what they want to do. Nobody really cares about what you're doing. So you can really go and live life and make mistakes. Like, pe people won't remember the mistakes you made. Like, nobody remembers that Michael Jordan played baseball for two years and he wasn't good at it, you know? So, like, you can go out there, make mistakes, fail. Like, fail on purpose. Do do as many wild things w within reason. But go out there and, and, and put yourself in a position to where you can fail. And Mike Tyson had a quote that I really liked. He said that he's at a point in his life that, if there's not a chance that he could massively fail at something, he doesn't want to do it. You know, like, you have to put yourself out there. You have to be open to failing, be open to trying new things. And, you know, you don't want what you don't want to do is you don't want to look back at your life and realize that you've lived a life for other people. You know, it doesn't matter your degree. Like, I went to school to get this DMP degree to be a clinician, right? So technically, somebody with my degree will take this job. You know, you make good money. You can work for years and years and years and save a lot of money and buy like a fancy house but like I want to make my money differently so of course I want to do this too but then I want to branch out to other things so somebody might say why would you leave a good stable job in Virginia to come out to California what if you go broke what if you fail what if you have to go back to the east coast and people knew that you came to 
Hollywood and you are a failure. You know, but I, I really don't care. Like, where if that happens, the next thing I do on the East Coast will be a success. Like, nobody's really worried about what we're doing. So you'll never know what's going to happen. And to play the game of the hypotheticals, what if I did this, what if I did that? You'll never know, you know. What if you dated that person versus this? You can't go back in time. Or if you took that job over, you can't go back in time. So it's, it's pointless to play the what-if game. But it's it's more practical, and it's a better waste of your it's a better use of your your time and energy to put all of your 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 thoughts and and your energy and your emotion into controlling what you can control and just moving forward. So don't think about don't let people live your life for you. Literally, do what you want to do. You know that's what I would say. All right, and before I let you go, tell us where we can follow and how we can support all of the things you got going on. I appreciate that. So um, one thing that I don't mention a lot is I have a, um, a text message community where you can get text message updates from me, and that's a good way to keep up with me. So if you type in www.textkojo.com, you can, uh, I'll shoot you a text message automatically, and you can join my, my text um, list. Uh, and online is kojofalco.com. That's my personal website. But on social media, which is what people probably want, on TikTok and Instagram is at Dr. Kojofalco. On TikTok is at Dr. Kojofalco. But on Instagram is just at Dr. Kojofalco. So those are the two main social media. Uh, and also Twitter as well. Um, those are the three main sites that I'm on. And uh, I took a break from Twitch streaming because I'm in the process of moving to a different side of town. But um, I am also on Twitch, and on Twitch I play some games. I play little games and talk about, you know, what's going on in the world of mental health. And so I'm always looking for different ways to reach people. And you have a book. And, and I have a book, yes. Uh, I'm glad you asked that. The book is called You Already Won, um, A Journey Through Education, Nurses, and Mental Health Awareness. And it's, uh, it's an Amazon bestseller right now, so you can get that. Um, Did you know you can now be vaccinated against COVID-19 if you're 16 years old or older? That means it's time for all of Jaguar Nation to step up, represent, and get vaccinated to save lives. The process is super easy. Let's get back to living and learning together and protect one another in the process. Visit Jaguar to learn more about when and where to get your vaccine. And once you do, share your photo on social media using hashtag vaccinated to save lives. Once again, visit jaguar.augusta.edu to learn more. Let's do this. In the studio with me, I have a very, very, very special guest. I know I say that a lot, but she is super special because she's so awesome and so cool. And I'm so glad that we have her here. She is a recent grad of the of AU's uh, DNP program. And she's a content creator and she travels all around the world. So give a warm welcome to Kendall Green. How's it going? It's going really well, really well. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you so much for being here because when we started this podcast, I was like, I want Kendall on the podcast because she <laughs> is like the most interesting person that oh I follow. God. And 
you're here. Yes, so I'm, I'm like here. super I'm super excited. Me too. Let's get it cracking. Yes. So just to start off, what interests you in healthcare? So um Originally, I went after high school. I went to UGA, um, and oh, cool. I was a go dogs. Um, I was <laughs> a biochemistry major, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do um, with that. So, well into my sophomore year, um, I had a conversation with my mom. Like I remember specifically, like being in a dining hall, and just like got a phone call from my mom. She was just checking up on me, and she asked me. She was like, "Kendall, what are you gonna do?" Like after college. I said, I really don't know. So my mom's a nurse. Um, and she was like, why don't you just apply to nursing school? And I mean, I just, it was like a question mark, like in my head, I was just like, okay, you know? Um, so I applied to one program only, um, <laughs> AU and I got in and that that's all she wrote. Um, so that was over from there. Um, I don't regret my decision at all. Um, I think nursing has so many opportunities for people to grow. Um, and even now I get um, like messages from from other people that I follow and people who follow me who ask me about my nursing experience and how I kind of incorporate um, nursing and kind of my, my healthcare background into what I do in content creation. So it's opened a lot of doors for me. Um, so I'm really glad I just kind of like took that leap. Um, so it wasn't anything intentional, you know, that I really wanted to do. But I'm in retrospect, I'm glad I did it. Was that a big leap for you to jump into nursing? Um, not so much. I've always been like a um, like a math science like type of person, so it wasn't something that was completely foreign to me in that aspect. But um, obviously, like once I got into nursing school, it was like a completely <laughs> different way of thinking, you know. Um, so I kind of had to adapt to that. But um, no, it wasn't a huge leap. Um, but like I said, I'm glad I did it. I've learned so much. Um, so many practical things, you know, not just professionally, but like personally. So um, it's been great so far. I've been a nurse for about um, five years now. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And so like you said, a new grad nurse practitioner. So I've been in it for a little minute, um, obviously like really small in comparison um, to the spectrum. But um, yeah, five years, I've learned a whole lot um, in nursing, both uh, personally and professionally. So. so how was nursing school? Because you hear a lot of interesting stories right so yeah i'm interested to know about your experience um so nursing school for me was um i won't say a shock but like i've always had like a type a personality like that's always me um always like the overachiever type of person so um like my first test in nursing school i was just like confused i was like (laughs) why did i get this wrong you know i was very adamant about things like that and so um it definitely just took some getting used to um my biggest advice um, for, like, people in nursing school as far as, like, you know, test taking and things like that, obviously networking and finding a group of people um, who are going to help you is, like, super important. Um, I know some people, like, do really well in, like, study groups and things like that. Um, so that really helped me. Um, there were a lot of, like, group in team-based activities. So you got to know a certain group of people really well throughout your two years there. Um, so I still keep in contact with a couple of them now. So it was always nice to just have a group of people you can bounce ideas off of and, you know, their struggles are your struggles. Like everybody's going through the same thing. So, um, that really helped, um, networking with people and, um, and yeah, just kind of building that community, like in nursing school, everybody's going through the same two years together, you know, so you kind of build that rapport with other people. I've always been horrible at group projects, not because (laughs) I didn't get along well with other people, but I was always just talkative. So I always just wanted to talk about (laughs) everything besides the work you were doing. Exactly. And then next thing you know, it's like I had to sign on for all the extra work that we didn't do because I was just asking them about (laughs) about life. (laughs) I get that. Um, 
So yeah, but you also just completed your DMP. Yes. So I how did. is that different from your uh, first degree nursing school? Okay. So um, the DMP, obviously, I got my degree to be a nurse practitioner. So um, it's different in the aspect that it's more in depth, obviously. Um, but it's not so much different as far as like study techniques and things like that. It was just more information, more in depth information, um, to get my DMP. So now like, you know, as a nurse practitioner, I'm thinking like a provider. So someone who's prescribing meds, someone who's giving orders instead of being the nurse role and someone who's carrying out the orders that someone else is writing or making. So, um, you definitely have to use more critical thinking skills, you know, even as a nurse, you're quote unquote in charge of people's lives. Like essentially you're taking care of other people at their most vulnerable, you know, situation, their most vulnerable point. So even as a nurse practitioner, it's the same thing, but you just kind of have to be more aware of you're basically in some situations, the last line, you know, you're, giving patients medications, you know, so often as a nurse, we're having to rely on doctors or other mid-level providers like nurse practitioners to give orders and we just carry them out and, you know, that's that. But now you're the one who's doing that, you know, you're the one giving orders and writing scripts. So it's different in that aspect. Um, Obviously with school, you know, there are different just like with nursing school, um, there are different rotations. Um, so pediatrics or OB or family medicine and what have you, um, in nurse practitioner school, but we, you don't see so much of that in nursing school, like getting your BSN. Um, so there's a little bit more variety. Um, you kind of get to experience a little more, uh, a little bit more of, well, maybe I want to do this, you know, maybe I like peas, um, maybe I like adults, you know, or OB. So um, there's a little bit more variety there. But um, for the most part, it's very similar, just like more in-depth information, you know. Gotcha. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from your journeys of getting both of these degrees? Sure. Um, so I think... A lot of people are really like when they graduate, you know, whatever degree they decide to get, um, they're caught up in, all right, I've got a, I don't know, business degree or something. I have to do this certain thing in business. Um, And I think I have discovered that it's okay to discover yourself after you graduate. Obviously, like I'm a nurse, I'm a nurse practitioner. But there are other things that I like to do outside of that. So I'm very heavy on work-life balance um, and finding things outside of your professional life that make you happy. Because I think that balance is really what's going to keep you motivated to continue to do the things that you want to do. So I think my biggest advice would just be to continue to discover yourself outside of your, you know, prospective profession. Um, I continue to discover myself, you know, after I graduated nursing school, I started traveling a lot, a lot. And like, that's one of my favorite things in the world to do. A lot of people come to my platform for that, you know, for travel content. And so um, that's something that I've always found is really important for me is just kind of having um, those one or two things or hobbies or whatever, um, that are a creative outlet for you perhaps, or are a stress reliever for you. I think those are especially important. So, um, definitely my advice would be to continue to discover yourself. Like after you graduate, whatever degree you decide to get, um, even if it's in that field, you know, continue to grow in that field. Don't become complacent or think that I just have to stick to this like one little area. Um, continue to grow outside of your, outside of your comfort zone and outside of what you already know, because there's so much out there. What is something that, surprised you that you learned about yourself after you graduated? 
So um, I would say I've always kind of like found myself to fit in this cookie cutter kind of mold, like four years of high school, four years of college, you know, advance my degree after that. Like that's always something that's like been ingrained in me was to just continue to learn. And I still do continue to learn. But what surprised me the most, I feel like, is that I'm allowed to slow down. You know, I've always been that type of person to keep going, keep doing things. But I feel like there's intention in slowing down just as there's intention in working. Um, So rest is just as productive to me. Um, And I feel like that's something that kind of travel does for me. It's just kind of a leisurely thing. I mostly travel for leisure. Some people (laughs) get so confused. They're like, are you a travel nurse? Are you? No, like I'm none of that. I just travel for leisure, you know? So um, I think, like I said, rest is productive. That's something I've learned about myself is that I'm allowed to slow down. Obviously, you know, people are like, well, you know, you only have one life to live. And that's true. You know, you only do have one life to live. But um, I don't want to spend it like stressed out all the time um, or, you know, just kind of in my head all the time. I want to take time to enjoy the moments that I'm in. Absolutely. And, yes. And, and that's something that I really learned about myself. I don't always have to be. Um, everything to everyone or um, do everything for everybody, including myself. You know, Um, I know like the, the word of like the past couple of years, like self care, you know, like I think self care is important. It comes in many forms, but um, for me, you know, travel is one of my forms of self care Um, and, you know, other little things too, but that's, that's something major for me since I have graduated nursing school. I never really had, a whole lot of money or time really to do that while I was in nursing school. Um, But once I graduated and got a career, you know, I was able to do a lot of that and it's just opened so many doors for me. So um, that's really what surprised me, you know, intention, slow intention, slow living is, is good. good. That's something that I'm still like experiencing myself is just like enjoying the process of wherever you are in life. Right. Exactly. Because like you said, like sometimes just being able to rest and relax, it feels just as great as being productive. Exactly. Exactly. That's so important. How do you balance it all? Because (laughs) the career choice that you have. Sure. On top of traveling, like it seems like demanding. Yes. Yes. I totally get it. So that's a question that I'm asked pretty often too. How do I balance it? And it's really just kind of dependent upon I say your personality, but just kind of the person you are. Um, you're not the same as me, and I'm not the same as somebody else. So we're all different, and we all handle, um, like, stress in our lives differently. Um, you know, for me, um, I don't have a whole lot of, quote-unquote, obligations, like kids and things like that. So that's one thing I really um, don't have to concern myself with. I know that takes up a lot of time, like, honestly speaking. Um, so I don't know. For me, I just feel like... It's all about time management. I've always been really good with time management. And obviously, after nursing school, I worked inpatient, so um, in the hospital, and I worked three days a week. Um, That's full time for me. So if I wasn't in school, because there was a time where I wasn't in school, I worked as a nurse, and then I just worked for like a year and a half before applying to DMP school. Um, So I was working three days a week, and that was it, you know? So I was able to travel a little bit more. Even now, though, even like having gotten my degree, like people would think I was never in school, you know, (laughs) because I was still taking like trips every three or four months, you know? Um, But it's really all about time management and scheduling um, for me. So I found that was something that I had to kind of hone in on and um, 
and do, you know, and focus on how am I going to make this work? Because I'm a strong believer and you can make things work if you want them to. Um, So I continue to work full time. I've never been a part time employee. Um, I've always worked. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I've always worked full time and been in school. So it's a lot and it can be a lot for some people. Um, But you just kind of have to take it one step at a time and just kind of balance out um, your life and how it how it works in your life. So. So in addition to your career and traveling, you have a captivating blog where you share so much, including your travels. <laughs> yes. So tell us how you got started with your blog. Okay. So um, initially, I started when I was in nursing school, actually. Um, I used to work at Sephora um, while I was in school for a very short period of time. And people were really wanting to know, like, how I did my makeup and stuff like that. <laughs> very informal. So I started my blog as just like a a beauty, um, beauty kind of situation, beauty lifestyle. And, um, I had since kind of dropped off. I wasn't very serious about it. It was very informal. And so, um, after I graduated nursing school, I found that I had a lot of time, a lot more time rather, um, to kind of focus on what I wanted to accomplish. So I would post pictures on Instagram, um, and you know, it gives a little traction, you know, but it still wasn't (laughs) that much of anything. Uh, but I think once I really started traveling, I knew I could do something serious with it. You know, um, I could post my travel diaries, um, which I still post on, you know, on my blog about um, where I go, how I go, you know, how I can afford to go, you know, things of that nature. So it really just kind of sprouted out of that. And once I got um, a decent following, you know, I was gaining some traction, you know, I was getting partnerships and things like that. So that was major. And now I get paid for the things that I do, you know, which we all deserve, you know, like if you're going to do work, get paid for it. So I was really excited about that. So it's just kind of sparked out of that, you know, um, just people following me for who I am, which I think is one of the most important things. Um, I mentioned this just briefly, um, on my Instagram about, um, you know, the the algorithm, this, that, and the third, you know, people are so stressed about it. But I feel like as long as you show up authentically and as you, you know who you are and don't compromise your beliefs as a content creator, then your people, your audience will show up for you. And so they continue to show up for my content. And um, I'm really appreciative of that. So um, my followers are really what, you know, make me continue going with my travel um, with my travel content and all the other content I create. So. Yes, because you have so many followers on Instagram. <laughs> How does it feel to have so many? Um, it's really nice. I try not to focus too much on the numbers, but obviously I'm very appreciative. I always make sure to like comment on everybody's comments. I always do that. Um, or message everybody who's messaged me. Like I'm very um, follower focused because, I mean, who are you without your followers or the people who follow you um, or the people who engage with your content, you know? Um, so I'm always sure to like thank my followers and be very appreciative for them. Um, but it feels really good, you know, like after you hit like that 10 K it's like, okay, <laughs> like maybe I'm somebody like, you know, but obviously like I'm, I'm a small, I have a small little corner of the internet as does everybody else. And so it's really nice to just kind to kind of focus on who I have and not so many, not so much as like how many people I have, but the quality, like, you know, of my yeah. followers. So I'm really, I'm really just appreciative for the people that I have, even if I didn't have, you know, 12,000, whatever followers, then I'm still appreciative of the people I do have because at some point, you know, I had no followers, you know, <laughs> everybody has to start from somewhere and I'm continuing to grow. And so I'm just really thankful for that. 
that. Every time I see a partnership deal that you have, I'm like, yes, yes another one. Yes, I'm another, like, another one. one. <laughs> She's doing it. Yes. Um, but quick question: What sure. are some of your like traveling hacks? Like some of the things that you learned and that okay. you will always probably do. Also, I love this question because every time I go somewhere, it's something that I'm learning, like some situation that I've been <laughs> in um, that will make me say like, okay, next time, can no, don't do that um, or do that. So um, one of the things like off the top of my head is like always bring medicine. Like that's, that's just a big for me. I remember one time um, I was flying to buying back from Thailand actually. Um, and I got sick, like off the airplane food. Um, mm. And I had, and it was a long flight. Like if you've ever been over there to Asia, it takes like literally like a day to get off. Oh, yeah. From there back to the U S um, depending on where you are. And so um, I remember just curled up in fetal position at the airport after like one leg of the flight. Really? And yes. Like it was so bad. I had to find a pharmacy and everything. Like I was in the middle East and it was just bad. So, <laughs> um, so I want to always carry medicine. Um, even if it's little things, allergy medicine, I get motion sickness. I've learned that, um, during my <laughs> travel. So I always carry some Dramamine. Um, so always being prepared, I guess that's essentially the thing. Um, other things that I've learned, I'm definitely like an aisle seat person. I've learned <laughs> that, you know, quick in and out situation. Um, and even, oh my gosh, with COVID, you know, like it's been crazy. Um, I've, I've always been in the streets. I'm not going to recommend <laughs> <laughs> one way or another, even during the pandemic. I did it safely, obviously, like just for the record. But um, I had still, like, I was still out, like doing stuff. So, I'm um, just always being safe, you know, always being safe, whether that's um, like medically or just kind of like knowing the areas that you're in, doing research on the areas that you're going to. Um, because, I mean, in January, I went to Brazil and like, you oh, know, wow. yeah, it was so fun. But, you know, you hear people talk about, oh, you know, Rio is dangerous. Like there's dangerous places everywhere. Like look at the news. Like there's Even danger here. in the U.S., <laughs> you know, the U.S. every single day. Like you hear about something on the news. So, um Obviously, just doing research on the areas that you're going to. Always make sure you're prepared. Like I said, I always carry medicine with me. Um, I always carry a charger with me because I snap photos. You know what I'm saying? So um, just being prepared. And I always tell people that, um, you know, if you need any advice, I give like a list of little things that I always carry, you know. Um, sometimes when I'm traveling with people, they're like, oh, I never thought to bring that. Can I, can I borrow that? You know what I'm <laughs> saying? So like, I've learned, you know, just like along the way to, to just be prepared for like any little situation. So. Have you ever been nervous traveling by yourself? Because you do that often. Um, so actually, I don't. Um, so most of the time I travel with people, um, but... Sometimes, like, I meet people in different areas, you know what I'm oh, saying? Like, okay. oh, I'll meet up with you, like, once I get to the country. So, in that aspect, I guess, like, I travel alone, but um, no, not I don't, not necessarily. Um, I'm actually really bad with directions, and so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't know if I should, if I should take this train, or like, I don't know, like, I'm just, I just get nervous in that aspect, but Same. um, yes, like, it gives me anxiety, <laughs> but um, no, not for the most part. I feel like if I am alone for like a day or two or something before I meet up with people, then I'm always familiar with the area that I'm in. Make sure it's like a, a busier kind of area, like a major city or something that I'm more apt to um, 
find things, you know, um, that are near me and things like that. So, no, I don't do so much solo traveling, really. But um, sometimes, like, it takes me a day or two to, like, meet up with people. So, in that aspect, I kind of solo travel, if that's what, you know, is considered that. But, no, I don't get so much nervous. There are always going to be... Um, moments of anxiety when you're in a new place, you know, and you haven't been there before. But, um, no, for the most part, I'm pretty okay. I mean, and I'm, I've traveled a lot, you know, a lot of places in the past few years. And so I kind of get used to certain things and how they work. What just off the top of your head are your like top three vacation spots (laughs) that I've been to? Um, so I always say Israel, is one Croatia is another and probably Cuba those are probably my three favorite places that I've been um and they're all unique in their own right so there isn't one thing that I'm looking for like when I go travel I actually like love the beach like most of my travel destinations are uh warm places you know and so um I definitely am a beach type of girl but um yeah each one of those places is very unique um for new travelers people who are interested in um starting you know traveling especially here like in the u.s i definitely recommend places like obviously like mexico um you know places in north america um that are a short trip to get to um obviously in georgia the caribbean's really short to get to mexico's really short to get to or even places in the united states you know uh, i feel like a lot of people knock um domestic travel you know but with covid you know so many people have been doing that i did that um for a majority of 2020 with some domestic travel. And so um, there are beautiful places in the United States. So if you're interested in getting started with travel, start domestically if you don't want to go abroad. So, How many states have you been to? Oh, I've been to more countries than states, if I'm being honest. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't been to many states at all. Um, gosh, maybe like less like 15 maybe really yes like not a lot at all not a lot at all um i've definitely been to more countries i think i've been to 28 countries so far so yeah definitely not that many states (laughs) but i'm trying i'm trying what place are you looking forward to traveling the most right now oh i really really want to go to Japan, um, for whatever reason, that's just like really high on my list. Um, getting back out there to Asia, India, Sri Lanka, like those have been really high on my list. Um, I've been to almost every continent except Antarctica, I believe. Um, so I do have a little trip coming up, sneak peek. Okay. In a couple of weeks, so um, that'll be exciting. But um, but yeah, definitely getting back out there to Asia, I think, is like high on my list. What's the warmest place and the coldest place you've traveled? Um, warmest place probably Cuba. <laughs> like <laughs> I just remember, I went in September. Ooh. I don't know, September two thousand eighteen. I think it, it was just sweltering hot. Like it was, I just remember sweat dripping off. Like there was no use in wearing makeup, nothing. Like it was just dripping off. Um, coldest place I've actually never been to a really really cold destination. Um, but I remember in the beginning before the pandemic, January twenty twenty, I went to Egypt, Israel, and Jordan. And um, I remember I went to Petra. We were driving to Petra and it was snowing. Um, it oh, was wow. actually so cold. Um, so cold there. Probably not the coldest like experience of my life because um, obviously like, I've been up north and things like that. But um, I keep telling my friends I'm definitely going to go to a cold weather destination. Like top of my list is probably like 
the Swiss Alps. I really uh, want to go yeah. to the Swiss Alps. I don't ski, I don't snowboard, but I just want to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'll try anything at once. So, um, definitely looking forward to going to some more like cold weather destinations when it's snowing. So, was it difficult for you this past year, like with COVID, just in terms of work and travel, like how sure. did that affect you? So um, obviously as a healthcare worker, it was kind of hard on everybody in some aspect, you know, whether you were in the clinic um, because you couldn't see your patients and you had to do telemedicine or whether you were um, a quote unquote frontline worker and you were actually taking care of COVID patients. Um, so it was, it was hard in that aspect because you didn't know what to expect. There were departments in the hospital that had to pick up extra patients. They had to turn it into completely different floors. It was just a lot for everybody. Um, and it was, you know, it was stressful. It was tiring. Um, so in that aspect, it was tough. But I was still working personally, like, my three days a week. But I was still in school, you know. like So I had to add that factor in there, too. The clinics weren't on, some weren't allowing students anymore. And it was just kind of really stressful because it's like, I want this degree. You know, like, I earned this. So, you know, I don't want to put that off on hold, even though we have a pandemic. You know, I understand. So there was just a lot of change, you know. That's something I can definitely say there was a lot of change but with traveling you know I felt like I kind of had to put that on the back burner which was okay because I was I was being productive like I was at work I was in school and like travel is just something that's leisurely you know for me so I ended up taking um obviously I went up taking a trip in January before COVID like before everybody really knew what it was so that was really my last um international trip of 2020 um but I did do a road trip in August um which people really loved you know so um flew out to Cali kind of went from LA all the way to Texas um with some girlfriends and that was really fun that was kind of like a release you know like we were still able to produce content and obviously traveling with other content creators like you know it had to be good so no uh, the photos that y'all took were bomb yes oh my gosh <laughs> so we had to do a little something during the pandemic um and that sounds selfish but I mean obviously like we were doing it safely like we knew we were doing research on what was open what was not what we could do what we couldn't so um that was really important for us was just showcase something these are you know black women traveling um you know during the pandemic which obviously is an iffy time for a lot of people i try not to be like oh well i'm just gonna go you know somewhere during the pandemic obviously i'm a healthcare worker like i know what's going on you know i'm not naive to what's going on but um we just felt that we could take the trip safely and we did you know and we did and it was a whole lot of fun so what keeps you feeling motivated and inspired to do all the things that you're doing sure so um People ask me that question and I'm like, well, I'm not always motivated. You know what I'm saying? Like there are moments where I don't want to do anything. Um, I think at some point, like a couple months ago, two, three months ago, I was, I felt like I was on like a little hiatus. Like I wasn't posting as much content um, as before. I just, I just didn't know like what I wanted to post, you know, um, because I try not to force my content. I want it to come kind of naturally in what I'm doing in the moment, but um I find that it's more disciplined than anything. You know, I always tell people like discipline is greater than motivation because it is like, if you want to reach a certain goal, you're not always going to want to do it. You know, there are people who don't want to get up every day and go to the gym. Like they just don't want to do it. And, um, but they do it anyway, you know, because they have a goal to reach, you know? So I feel like I, I'm more 
discipline than anything. So yes, I want partnerships. Um, yes, I want multiple streams of income. You know, this is income for me too, you know, doing, um, posting content and things like that. You know, I post for a fee, so, you know, that's what I do. So, um, it's always really fun too, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's just more discipline than reaching goals. I want to reach, you know, X amount of dollars in, you know, income at the end of the year. So I continue to post, I continue to try to get myself noticed by brands and things like that. So yeah, to me, it's really all about discipline. Um, and just trying to reach a goal or wanting to reach a goal to better yourself personally, professionally, financially. So that's really what keeps me going. How do you set your prices for like, uh, those partnerships? Sure. Um, so people, people ask me that a couple of times. So, um, for me, it's just a matter of just kind of knowing what I'm worth. Obviously, um, I have, I think at this point I have like 12.6 thousand followers. So, um, I know that there are people who have more followers than me and the people who have less followers than me, but to be completely honest, it, it isn't even about like follower, like the number of followers. It's really about like your engagement and the quality of your content. Because I know people who don't even have 10,000 followers and they're like, they've quit their full-time job and they're making money, you know, off of blogging. So um, it's really not about that. Contrary to belief, perhaps it was before people were really concerned about followers, 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 likes, 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 but it's more about like engagement now, um, which I try to focus on, you know, I might be stuck at 12.6 followers for like ever, you know, I don't (laughs) know, but it's really just about the quality of my content. But as far as pricing is concerned, um, I remember like I used to charge somebody like, I don't know, $50 for something. And now like $50 is no, like <laughs> I'm, I'm more way more than that. So, um, it's really just personal. Um, you know, you can ask around, people may or might not give you the information, but, um, because it's such a personal thing, like it's a personal price, depending on the amount of money you put into creating that content. You know, I do have a photographer, um, shout okay. out to Tori Robbins. Yes. Um, so I do have a photographer who, um, I work with like once a week and we just go around town and just like shoot photos. You know what I'm saying? But I pay her. And so like, as, as a content creator, you have to know, the expenses that you're putting out to create this content and you want to reap, you know, you want to get that money back. So you have to charge people an amount of money. One thing I will say, like companies will contact you and they'll be like, Oh, how much do you charge for this? A really, really good thing to say is, well, what is your budget? So, you know, Mm. you could definitely undersell yourself. I've done that before. I had one company contact me and I was like, I'll charge, um, I don't know. This is for example, $100 for whatever you're asking. And they're like, Oh, but we're going to give you more money because your content's that good. You know? So sometimes you can undersell yourself by just flat out giving your price. Um, so yeah, just go back and like, so what is your budget for this? Yeah, give you your budget. So, okay, this is what I'm asking for. So you ask for what their budget is. Um, that way you're not so much underselling yourself. And even if you oversell yourself and they're like, oh, our budget doesn't won't allow that, then you say, okay, well, how about this much? So you're able to negotiate yeah. um, prices. So that's just one tip um, I would give anybody who's listening to this who's also a content creator and they're looking to get monetized. Um, just ask that company what their budget is. That way you kind of have an idea of what to what to be asking for. Would you say your partnerships are helping you, like, finance your travels? Like, mm. you, like you making that much? <laughs> or is it just enough for, like, 
new fits, right, new outfits. Right, right, right. But, so, and you don't have to answer if you no, don't feel you're comfortable. Fine, you're but. fine. Um, so I definitely think like my traveling can't finance. Um, I mean, I get thousands of dollars. Uh, just to put that, like, I get thousands of dollars for um, partnerships, and so. Um, it's actually a substantial amount of money like that I get paid. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I can, um, yeah, I can finance chips or you know put that <laughs> money aside. Be like, okay, I'm gonna save up for, um, save up for this one thing or something like that. Or my God, pay off these student loans. Like that's the goal. Ooh, like yes. that's the goal, baby. <laughs> like <laughs> I need to pay off these student loans. And so um, that's really right now what I'm putting my money towards is just kind of paying off my student loans. Um, but yeah, I mean, I make a decent amount of money doing that. It obviously, um, you know, some of it goes towards traveling, plane tickets, things like that. Um, so I kind of put it in a fund, you know what I'm okay. saying? Like, this is how much money that I have. Um, and just kind of doling it out wisely, you know, doling it out wisely. So that makes sense. Yeah. As a, and as a, speaking as a very small content creator, I'm just like <laughs> taking all these mental notes. You're like, good. Okay. You're okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so this episode is for all of our new graduates out there. Sure. What would you say to them who are getting ready to go on that, like, graduation trip this summer or okay. to reward themselves? Yeah, so right now, you know, as we watch the news, we're looking at being kind of maybe sort of ish on the heels you know of covid um hopefully you know so with the introduction of the vaccines uh people are getting vaccinated but obviously that doesn't negate the safety uh precautions that you have to continue to take um for instance when i took my first international trip i i would say i guess still during covid so january 2021 um when i went to brazil um they were very strict about the precautions that they had to take. Um, it was always mask up, use hand sanitizer, you know, even mostly in the United States, surprisingly. Um, but obviously we're still having to take those precautions. Um, I've been fully vaccinated. There are tons of people who have been fully vaccinated already. And so, um, I would still recommend obviously wearing your masks. I always carry like a little bag with me with like, wipes, sanitizer, um, first aid kit materials, things like that. Always kind of keep a little bitty thing like that with you. Um, and I always, if I'm traveling with people, I always bring some to them. Maybe that's like the healthcare worker in me. I don't know, but oh, I always so give nice. them a little goodie bag. <laughs> yeah. A little goodie bag if I can sanitizer and tissue. Um, but uh, with countries opening up now, it's going to become easier um, in that aspect to go different places. You know, I was looking for a place to go. I was just like, you know, I want to travel. Um, but there were like 10 places to travel and like five of them I've already been to, you know, so it's just like hard. Um, but more and more places are starting to open up now. So that's giving people more options. Um, obviously, like you do what you're comfortable with. And that's like the overall message for me. Even during the pandemic, some people didn't want to travel internationally, domestically, or travel outside of their home. That's completely fine. Um, I try not to be um, biased in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, you do what you're comfortable with. You may not even at this point be comfortable traveling internationally, and that's totally okay. But the precautions are still going to be the same. So making sure you're, you know, social distancing as much as possible, Um avoiding like big big crowds if possible it's getting better it, i will say it is getting better especially with the vaccine but um there's still precautions that we have to take so i don't think i'll ever be fully comfortable being around like a big crowd really? ever again okay 
But um, I'm even speaking for myself. Like I'm ready to go outside. Yes, and be out. these streets. Like we outside <laughs> this summer. <laughs> All right. Last question. Sure. In 30 seconds, can you give us your best commencement speech to all of our new graduates? Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if it'll be a speech, but here's some advice. Um, <laughs> so to people who are graduating right now, as I mentioned before, I highly recommend discovering yourself. Um, there's a lot outside of what you're already doing, whether that's healthcare, that's business, that's you know, finance, art, science, whatever. Um, there's so much more outside of the little field um, that you're working in. And I think that's so hard for some people to understand, especially people who haven't been outside of their own homes. Um, I know as a black woman, um, as a black person, there are people that I know who have never stepped out of their hometown um, or who haven't um, experienced anything outside of what they already know. So just take the time to discover who you are, what you like, what you don't like, um, what you love outside of what you're already doing. Um, obviously, having the, a degree is important. Um, it's not everything. It's it's um, it's an education, which no one can take away from you. Um, but there's more to life outside of education. You know, we're talking about book smarts and street smarts and and things like that. And being book smart is so important. And it's such an accomplishment. But there's a lot to learn outside of um, your books and your education. So ultimately, just take time to discover yourself um, and who you are um, outside of what you do uh, in your profession. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so inspired by Great. talking to you. Um, and I'm sure everyone who's listening will feel that way as well. Yay. So lastly, tell us how we can follow you and plug all of your stuff that you yes. are doing. Okay. So my main platform is Instagram. So at as told by Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L-L, um, is my platform um, on Instagram. I also have a blog, www.astoldbykendall, um, same name, um, .com. So that's where I post all of my travel diaries, um, all of my like, tips and tricks and things like that. Um, I also have a newsletter that I'm starting to reboot now. Um, I know I had released that several months ago, but with COVID and things, I wasn't traveling as much. And so I didn't have that much information to share but i am going to reboot that now that you know we're out here in the streets again yes. so um please be sure to sign up for that you can follow um or sign up for that on my blog or the link in my bio on my instagram so yes just follow me i will inspire you inspiring inspiring people is what i love to do so Thank you so much for being here. This has been one of my favorite interviews ever. Yay, it's been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you'll never have to miss another one. Also, to make our hearts sing, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. But don't stop there. Share our episode and talk to us on Instagram at InTheWildPod. You can follow me too at Rayshawn Ricks. Until then, I'll see y'all next time and go get wild.